but I don't think it's it's left me feeling positive. It's I've been forced to do self-reflection. I haven't had the, ooh, we're going to have a nice little cup of tea and we're going to sit down for two hours and think about our thoughts and what we want to do. It's been like, <laughs> yeah, 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 all the shit you need to do here, it is right here. Go do it now. Or, or here's my favorite. Hey, that thing that you've been doing that you thought made sense, it's actually really bad. <laughs> don't do that thing. You've done it a long time. What are you thinking? What were you thinking here? This is too much. You've gone too much. All right, you tell me when we're going. We're going. Oh, okay. I'm coming into this a little frazzled, Peter, for a multitude of reasons. But uh, most recently, I just had to get my Alabama wrestling license while I was sitting in front of you. And three times it said, this is not the correct billing address. Let me be clear, Alabama. I know my fucking billing address. I know this. And I maybe there is some questioning of my billing address because I told you right before I got on here, I'm pretty sure for the last 12 years, I haven't spent Christmas in the same place twice. Uh, Not just because I was visiting people, but because I moved so much and I think we're about to have to move again. I've kind of like, I'm trying not to uh, let it be a trigger for me, but it is triggering Peter. Moving is my whole life. That's my Gemini spirit, right? The movement, the continued movement, the inability to stay still. You also have a Sagittarius moon, which Sagittarius is the travel move around. My goodness. I saw the GCW, one of the production team, Jonathan Ash, uh, he had put his miles out of what he had did through the year. And we were with each other a good bit. And I think I traveled even a little bit more than he did. But he was with us in Japan and with us in England. So the numbers kind of add up. And it looks like over the course of the year, he traveled uh, about 140,000 miles. Via airfare and car. 140,000 miles. So I'm I'm using the GCW production team because they did the math and I got overwhelmed during February of last year. Not during the time of February, but looking at February last year, I said, I'm done with this. But we're going to average out that if he did, that Jonathan Ash traveled at an average of 16 miles an hour the whole year. Which means even when he is sleeping... Even when he is sitting down, even when he is at home, even when he's, you know, not left the house, his average speed still maintains at 16 miles an hour. That's crazy. You're just always moving. Find me another human. And there's probably a few. You know, I think of a lot of people that travel, but even bands make tours that make sense, right? They go kind of crossing the towns. Unless right. it's like a festival tour. Uh we have kind of the dumbest uh, travel schedule because none of our dates align or make sense. Everything is independent of each other. I just had to get this Alabama license for Sunday, but Saturday I'll be in Montreal, Quebec, Canada for IWS Hardcore, and Friday I'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina. Try to figure this the fuck out. I'm going to drive to Charlotte and then pick up Manser, drive back to Atlanta, fly to Montreal, fly back to Atlanta, then drive to Huntsville and drive home, and hopefully go to bed by 1 a.m. Monday morning. The photos of him where it's mostly blood with like a little bit of the eyeball. The boy can bleed. Oh, my God. Oh, the boy knows how it to just, bleed. Every time I see it, I'm like, what horror movie is this? Oh, yeah, not a horror movie. Life. Well, let's hold up. There's a little controversy about blood this week that I kind of want to get into. Oh, yeah. I saw a little. I've been. I'm really not in effie world this yeah. week i feel very no that's okay it's okay I and i kind like of I need someone on the outside crazy. of effie world so that i can so do you give me more context for things because i really have not been paying attention so i've known uh the 
uh, current star of AEW, Ruby Soho, for a few years. And they had a wild hardcore tag match, uh, I believe. Maybe it was Ruby and Jamie, I'm not sure, uh, versus uh, Taya Conti or Tay Mello, I think they're calling her now, and someone else. I'm not sure. doesn't matter. Uh, there were some images of Ruby Soho covered in blood. And she's a hardcore girl. She's from Indiana back in the day. She's done a lot of cool wrestling bloody stuff. So this isn't, I wasn't even like a little bit surprised that, oh yeah, like Ruby's kind of covered in blood and vibing. Like that's so sick. But everyone else was like, women shouldn't bleed. And then they tried to caveat women shouldn't bleed with, well, they, to make sense in the story, you shouldn't just have it on a random Friday night match. When I say like, No, like if I'm trying to get a story over, I need a moment in the middle where everybody's just covered in blood and they really have some emotion behind it. But here's the biggest part and here's the misogyny that pokes out. And I hope people are catching on to this. Let me just say this. If anyone's not allowed to bleed, it's men. Yeah. Women biologically bleed so that we can exist. I was going to say, is this some like middle school, like deep-seated, like afraid of periods? Yeah, like you're afraid of a woman's blood, the the woman's blood that allows her to be fertile, to create life. Uh, You guys are so dumb. in, In the occult, that's considered to be the most holy substance in the entire world. A woman's blood? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a holy substance. And when they go out there and are doing nothing less than what the men are doing, that's where these little chodes get uncomfortable. That's where these little dudes go, I can't believe a a woman's place isn't to bleed. You don't get to determine a woman's place ever. You don't get to determine anything. You were a viewer of an event, and now, guess what? You don't get to determine what happens at that event. You have paid to view the event. It's not Cyber Sunday, motherfuckers. You can't vote on your smartphone, all right? You don't get to vote whether or not their feud is going to have blood, you stupid idiot. Now, I'm sure people at the network are like, well, that's a lot of blood on a woman. But these steps are what is going to get us to a normalcy of having uh, agency over our art, Mm -hmm. okay? Tony Khan is not the best wrestling booker. Tony Khan hires people who are very good at professional wrestling and then tries to brain with them and come up with them the best ideas possible. I think that's why it's interesting to watch MJF right now. He has a lot of input on what's happening. I know that because I'm watching the show and I go, MJF definitely told Tony this is what we're going to do with this. Good for them. That's not the same agency you're going to get everywhere as a performer. But nobody's going out there and they're having an agent pull them aside and go, you got to bleed. You better bleed tonight. We need it. This is like, hey, do you think it's okay if we get a little color in this match? I think it would be good. I think it would add to it. Yeah. uh, What do you want to do it with? Well, I'm going to have her stomp on my face with a trash can. And then when I emerge from the trash can, I'm going to be covered in blood. Wow. That sounds actually sick and awesome and gruesome. Let's go for it. No one's being forced to do any of these things. Stop worrying. Stop white knighting. Stop following women around and trying to make them fit in your box. You guys are shitty. You guys just want the little titty eight by 10 signed by them. And you want to look at them and talk to them for 45 minutes. And you want them to pretend to be your fucking friends. Let's be clear. They're not your friends. You paid them to perform and they're going to do their performance. Okay. Go like what good is a white knight? If you're not going to get blood on you, (laughs) like, yeah, you think I'm wearing white if I'm not going to get a little blood on there. I want to show it off. The white knight coated in the blood of his enemies. Oh, my enemies were women. It's women's blood. What are we going to do? <laughs> Silly. Terrible. Um, I'm pulled into this. I don't want to talk about this too long because I'm still really bummed out. But we lost Jay Briscoe two days ago. 
uh, I had the pleasure, the absolute pleasure to work with the Briscoe brothers on many occasions, once at Ring of Honor, uh, a, f- a few times in GCW, one of those including the War Games match. And they also were uh, who Bussy won the tag belts from. Mm. Bussy beat the Briscoe brothers in Los Angeles for the tag belts. And I think the most fascinating part of this story is that Jay and Mark showed up really, really late. Not their fault. This is flights to the West Coast. And no one had informed them that they were going to lose those belts. No one had filled them in that, hey, guys, tonight, tonight's the night you're going under clean. You're losing these belts. And for a wrestling fan to see the Briscoes who have fought literally everyone in the history of wrestling, you've got to go up and tell. I'll say this before I even tell them, you know, I've got to go do it. Someone said, wrestling's not supposed to be real, but I'm pretty sure the Briscoes don't know that. Like, they are intense. There's a style of wrestling that they produce that you just don't get anywhere anymore that has a particular intensity. It has a realness to it. They are speaking not from a character position, but they used to, they would, you know, Mark and Jay would shoot these promos where they're in their chicken barn. They run a chicken farm. And you would feel like they were coming to like hunt you down. It's the same way I felt about Nick Gage before I met him, where I was like, "Ah, I don't think it's good for Effie to meet Nick Gage. I don't want to, I don't want to piss him off. It's like slapping a tiger's cage where you're like, what if I just, what if I didn't slap that tiger's cage? I think I'd live longer. Right. And they're like, nah, there's a barrier. It's fine. There's a barrier. Let me tell you, the video is going to say, you won't believe that this tiger got through the barrier. That's kind of how I approach these particular performers. And to have to walk up to Jay as he lands and we're in the next match and go, hey, guys, you're losing your belts tonight to us, to Bussy, to the intergender team of the homosexuals, Bussy. You're losing those belts. And you know what they said? Hell yeah, how you want to do it? And they were professional through and through. I love this. No matter what it was, if the promoter was saying, here's what's going down, they were doing it. They would pitch their ideas. They would pitch their stuff. But there was never a time where they weren't up for it or ready for it or you know, seeing the joy on their face. And I kind of realized like I'm constantly surrounded by the blood and gut stuff, the tubes, barbed wire, you know, all these sort of things that make you bleed everywhere. And these guys had kind of been in ring of honor for a while. And we're coming out of that and seeing them in the war games, just continually smashing me with tubes. Go back and watch that match. The Briscoes just smash me up the whole match. They just, every time I get up, I'm smashed with more tubes, but the joy on their face from getting to like, Hey, we've been wrestling for a long time and we never get to do this kind of wild shit. It was magic to be a part of that. Uh, we lost Jay in a car wreck and it's awful. But what I want to say here as well is it's easy in the wrestling business. And these are the memories we have of them to kind of mourn, uh, the loss of Jay as a wrestler. And I think we've got to be careful not to do that more than we lost more in the loss of him as just a father and a guy and a man. I mean, his kids are still in the hospital, two of them, two of his daughters, yeah. uh, still making that recovery. You know, this is a car that swerved into the lane and hit their car. There's nothing you can do here. Right. Um, but he's also got two sons that are still at home and, You know, to hear that Mark's birthday, his brother, who he's been tag teaming with for 24, 25 years, you know, it's his birthday the next day. He's going into his birthday without his brother. I think to sort of peel away the wrestling stuff of it and to just say like, hey, Jay the human, who is our friend, that really sucks. It's easy to put it up on this pedestal, but also like, you think Mark wants to talk about wrestling right now? You think anybody wants to hear about, well, you know, remember that Samoa Joe match? It was what a mirror. Nobody wants to hear that shit right now. Yeah. Give it a few months. Give it a rest. I'm glad people jumped on and there was Memorial. I mean, I 
threw a tweet up immediately. I was live on the stream and people started telling me in my chat, which like, what a pleasant way to end your stream playing video games and going, oh, let me go process this real quick. And so I threw a tweet up because I realized, you know, I'm the way I deal with grief is I just, I'm just going to shut off about it. And I'm just like, it's mine. I'll deal with it. I don't want to be showy about it, but that can sometimes be a little detrimental to myself. Mm -hmm. And I said, if I don't just put something out right now, I won't put anything out. I will sit on it. I will think my experience wasn't valid enough. You know, all these people maybe knew him better. And all of a sudden, you know, not that this matters even in IOTA, I've got a tweet that's blown up really quick. And I understand with Jay's history and with the issues they had with Jay at whatever point, it's good to look to the gay man to say like, hey, you maybe you guys didn't know him as well as you thought. But also like I had to deal with everyone referencing my fucking tweet against other tweets that are like, you're celebrating a, a bad person. And it's like, you know, if you as a human being wake up and find out that a person has died and your choice is to go like, but remember that one time he was bad. It's like the used to be a piece of shit thing from Tim Robinson. We all used to be a piece of yeah. shit, every single person. And if you have made it a mission for yourself to find in these moments of vulnerability to go like, that's my fucking angle. That's, that's how I get in here. Uh, you're trash. But I was just more in tune with it because I kept getting tagged where someone would be like, you're wrong. And then quote my tweet. And it was like, I didn't need that all night, but it doesn't matter. That's bullshit. It's petty. It's dumb. I feel sorry for you. Uh, I know they don't think about me. I don't care. It's, Look, reflect upon your life in this time and ask if your energies could be diverted to better use. Because I'm sure these aren't people from a castle in their private sauna with a go-kart track going, we better roast this guy. Like, I'm sure you're living your sad little fucking existence. And this brings you joy to point out that other things, sometimes people are mean or something. Oh, okay. What do you win? What was your prize? It's weekend at Effie's, Peter. It's weekend at Effie's. And I had a hell of a weekend. Now, I've recently fixed my post office box. I've tweeted and Instagram this out. I hope that you will feel comfortable sending things for the podcast now. You can send things for just Effie. You can send things to Peter if you want, so he doesn't have to give out his home address anymore. You're becoming popular, Peter. I don't want you to get the kind of stalkers that know that they could probably get into this window. Yeah, because I, I don't think about that stuff very much, so it's very easy for me to send along my address. Um Though it's like it was pointed out to me where because I keep saying like, oh, my goodness, the people that are on the Patreon are so wonderful. And someone was like, yeah, they're paying you. Like, <laughs> of course, they like you. They're giving you money. They like yeah, there's it. not a lot of people coming in with negative thoughts no, here at our pay know, subscription I tier. Uh, I watched and sometimes have you ever like known of a movie and you just you wait and you go, I'll know I'll have to watch this at a particular time. But yeah. This isn't the time. I watched The King of Comedy last night. Have you ever seen The King oh of Comedy? Oh, my God, yes. So this is a little bit on my mind. And I think if I had seen this movie at any other time, I would have laughed more at the Rupert Pupkin, Robert De Niro character and probably had a little less. And you know, I probably would have said, you know, maybe Jerry could have handled that a little better. And if you're unfamiliar with the movie, it is about a non-working, non-experienced super fan who says he's a comedian who tracks down the host of you know a really popular late night show and stalks him until he gets what he wants, and I think the ending 
was a problem because, you know, it ends up rewarding that sort of behavior and sort of saying that, like, if you just believe in yourself, even if you have to go to the extremes, you'll get it. You will not get it. And I found myself so sympathetic, even in his wildest moments with, uh, I believe it's Jerry Lewis, who is playing Jerry Leonard, maybe Jerry is the fake name. There's the scene where they go to his house unannounced and he's not even there. And the staff is kind of trying to be polite because I'm sure there's weird people over at his house all the time. You know, right. he's the host of the biggest late night show and Pupkin's in there and Jerry shows back up with a golf club in his hand and he goes, where's the guests? He asks him, Rupert asks him, where's the guests? And to have that sort of level of delusion and non-understanding of performance, we can't reward that. And we can't reward people stalking us and we can't reward people hiding at our hotels and we can't reward people who don't understand like... I love everyone who supports me. I love it deeply, but we need, we got to have some self-awareness when the lines around the building or when I'm leaving the venue or when I'm loading luggage in a car that like, maybe that's not effing. Will I give you any problems if you approach me in those moments? No. Is it okay if you don't? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, I'm, I'm a little, okay. We haven't gotten into the weekend yet. I love that. I set this up and had a cute, cute tone moment. And then I'm like, let me just ramble for a second, Peter. Um, I think I had a bit of a... I've been reflecting over the over the uh, the retrograde. Mm-hmm. Because what I have coming up is like... Oh, I'm going to put a bunch of thoughts together right here. And you're going to love this shit. So I was listening to Todd Field, the director of Tar, talking about... The uh, inventor of Big Leg Chew. Yes, who never got a cent off it, but he got... But he's... The co-creator, he just walked away. He said, I have better endeavors. I have to go create Lydia Tar. And he was talking about Tar in a way that I kind of, I guess I thought about it, but not in this bigger sense, which was you were catching her at the pinnacle of this career and you were going to now watch the biggest mistake an artist can make, which is to protect their legacy instead of going further with their art. And let me say this. Effie's Big Gay Brunch is a sick institution to be a part of. Effie's Big Gay Brunch has put on... For a lot of queer talent that would have never been seen before. Sorry, that's I'm going to put it that way. And now I have two big gay brunches. Oh, yeah. In between all my other fucking bookings in Australia. And one of them's on another continent in England. And one of them's in Los Angeles in one of the uh, least efficient and least uh, easy to traverse WrestleManias that we will ever see in our lifetime. So I want to say this, okay? I'm not protecting my fucking legacy. I don't give a shit if you don't like me. I'm going to book the people who are sick, who promote it, who I am interested in from an artist perspective, who I'm interested in from a performance perspective. And if you feel left out and you feel like you didn't get to be a part of it, work fucking harder, you dummy. Guess what WrestleMania week is? It's not everyone's big moment to shine for the first time. I probably gave everybody a little bit of false hope here. All right. Let me tell you what it is. It's a year in review. It's when we all come together and go, look how fucking hard we've been working all year, building up to this culmination. Let me show off the people that have worked really hard. Let me show off the people that have been getting their buzz, that have been putting their boots on the ground, that aren't just waiting for me to have a show so they can get booked again. I'm going to put on the sickest fucking big gay brunch in the gayest goddamn land, West fucking Hollywood. And then I'm going to go over to Eurovision I'm going to go over to Eurovision in Liverpool, the largest event in all of Europe, the gayest fucking song and art event in all of Europe, and I'm going to put on a sick fucking gay brunch. 
And I am not in any way worried about protecting what people think of me, worried about protecting my shining vision as a leader and a smiler and someone who pats you on the back. I don't know everything. I know a lot of shit. I'm glad people feel comfortable coming to me, asking advice, learning from me. But Effie, as an artist, I ain't protecting no legacy. I ain't worried about where it goes. I'm going to keep putting forward art that is dangerous art that is offensive, art that is entertaining, and I'm going to put on a show that is unlike any wrestling show you've ever seen in your whole life. And if you would like to be a part of it, we actually we have some open roles to fill, Peter. You just buy a ticket when they go on sale, and you support queer arts that are already existing, that I've been busting my ass on, that I've been creating. Oh, yeah, yeah, I created a legacy. Let me tell you what this train does. It doesn't slow down to take a picture. It goes the fuck forward. That's everybody else's job. You document this. You write down the stories. I am the art. I am the existence, and I am bringing my brand of wrestling to WrestleMania Week in LA. I'm bringing my fucking weird brand of wrestling to England to revive the fucking scene, and you will not, you will not be confused because I am going to continue to operate at the highest level in wrestling on all levels. People still want to act like I'm not a good wrestler or like that's like... There is no greater wrestler than me because I build my match around what the objective of the match is instead of what Effie is. That's what Effie is. What's the objective here, Peter? The objective is to burn it all down. Oh, Seth Rollins reference. The objective is to break out everything. And I think we're hitting the point where all these tired little scared animals in their in their shells and I'm talking about the old guard. I'm talking about the people who think they know what wrestling is, the people who think they know what the plan is. Don't think Effie's lost his fucking fire. Don't think I've lost anything. I'm not protecting a legacy. We're not looking back on a wild career. Remember all those moments? Fuck you. Just like Jeff Jarrett, Effie's going forward. And if I have to fucking scheme and carny and do what I have to do to make my art, I'll do whatever the fuck I have to do. Welcome to the new generation of Effie. Welcome to you guys being fucked because I'm not holding back. And that's not me coming for the attack. It's me saying, keep the fuck up. Y'all not ready. And stay out of my fucking DMs right now. Don't contact us. We'll call you. We'll call you. Let me tell you what benefit to everyone it has for me to pity book anything. None. It's not good for the fans. It's not good for my ticket sales. It's not good for me. Jeez Louise. They think I'm kidding when I say, oh, we should just have Allie and Effie eat pancakes in the middle of the ring for as long as possible. That's the fucking show. They think I'm crazy for that. But let me tell you something. It would sell tickets because objectively, I have proven we both can draw and sell tickets. We both can pull people in. We both understand wrestling. So, yeah, it's a bit of a challenge to say, why wouldn't I just book that? I'd make a lot more money if I just booked the people who drew people in. Thank you for working hard. Thank you for becoming draws. Thank you for making people give a fuck about you. And thank you for not bomblasting my DMs. Bomb blasting? Well, what do bombs do? Oh, they do blast nothing. (laughs) Did you hear that um, Chris Nolan is using some crazy, like, 4,000 frame per second film camera for Oppenheimer? Because he, I mean, listen, they let him blow up an atomic bomb. That's, yeah, I guess he can use a crazy film camera if he's blowing Uh, news up. Listen, I'm, we're going to need... Is he British? No. We're going to need 
we're going to need two <laughs> two atomic bombs. Now, when he filmed this, it was the Trump era. So they'll tell you it was all movie magic. There's, no. there's no one that can tell me that man didn't go blow up an atomic bomb. We would have known. Or if he had done it in a remote area, we wouldn't have known. Aren't there secret bunkers? There are definitely secret bunkers. Is he British? I, I was real confident with that. The the key to Inception is He's being incepted into the British Inception. British American. All right. So he probably... I should have I should know this from listening to the... Because Blank Check did him. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm trying to imagine a good Nolan and I imagine What's I'm your not favorite Chris Nolan movie? Uh, God. <sighs> you know what movie is really hard to watch? Memento? <laughs> yeah. Uh... <clears throat> I'm going to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> We're a mess today, Peter. I know. I can't. Uh, yes, he's both British and American. Let's just leave it at that. Did he do The Prestige? Yes, he did. Yeah, I, that's my I favorite one. I think that's one. mine, too. Yeah. I also rewatched that the other day and uh, looked up some literature about The Prestige, and I was kind of fascinated by how much more, if you focus on just the obsessive nature of everything, everyone's got obsessive problems. Everyone. Except the women. I don't think the women have obsessive problems in that movie. Um, No. Everyone, yeah. I think the best concept of that whole thing is that the trick, the grand trick, the biggest trick, is the only time that there's no trick in his life. Right? His entire life is deemed around the trick. He has to live in perpetuous secrecy, both of them do, for this trick. Two men have to live their entire lives fully in kayfabe. And then they, when they reveal the kayfabe, that's the magic trick. When they go to shoot yeah. from work. Yeah. But it, they only go to shoot for one moment. And then it's back to the work. I want to make sure that there's enough shoot in my life. Yeah. Um. Do you know about the theory that they piece that movie together so um, Christian Bale could gain a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of weight to differentiate between the two? That's so weird. Not confirmed. I think I need to gain three pounds. Not confirmed, but when you watch the movie, you go, either he <coughs> figured out how to puff himself up in a way that isn't, like, is so good that you can't tell. Or they worked it out to where he was like, I don't know, let me eat a really big lunch and we'll shoot this scene. I'm going to need a whole bag of Oreos to to get into the, this scene and get my skin glistening again. I love it. I'm going to talk now about wrestling. Someone told me, well, AJ filled me in. They said, someone, there's someone who loves your podcast, but they wish that you wouldn't always just talk about wrestling. And I'm sorry, it's a podcast about my life and your life, but it, there's a lot of wrestling. If I avoided that topic, and I understand they want to have... Wait, they want us not to talk about wrestling? They, want, they are fascinated by the way we talk about anything, but they would like to hear more topics than just wrestling. Like if we ran down a Did, current events thing, I it'll come up as it comes up, we honey. barely talk. I feel, I feel like we barely talk. I feel that if I was a... Maybe that's my perspective... I don't That's know. A little off. Maybe I. Maybe there's because I feel like as a wrestling fan, I wouldn't like this podcast. But I'm. I don't <laughs> Is this like a Clockwork Orange where we have to teach everybody what our words mean? Yeah. So they can get into the groove. Yeah. Get. Um. 
I hope that we can be that weird vortex point for wrestling and non-wrestling fans alike who just enjoy the journey. This is about journeying as a human. Nothing more, nothing less. But my journey happens to include getting fake beat up, they say, a lot. My body was so sore after this weekend, and I traveled so many miles. If anyone thinks that Effie's living a life of luxury, protecting my legacy, girl, you're wrong. Because this was not luxurious, but it was pleasant. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I went first, my first stop. And this is, I've wrestled here a few times. Fargo, North Dakota. You know about Fargo? I've seen the movie. You got to go far. (laughs) I've never wrestled in South Dakota, only in North Dakota, in Fargo. Uh, But I flew directly into Fargo. Well, not directly. I mean, Atlanta to Chicago, Chicago to Fargo. There's not a lot of planes that go right into Fargo. There's about seven of us that were like, yeah, we're going to Fargo. What fascinates me about Fargo is... First, it was covered in snow this time. I've never really done a winter Fargo, which is, it's miserable (laughs) in that sense, but it's a short town. So like the sky looks so big because none of the buildings are more than like eight stories anywhere. Right. And most of them are like three stories. And so you can kind of just like see forever because there's nothing to see over, if that makes sense. I got to Fargo. I chilled. Now I got to chill this weekend with Brian Keith for a long time which was fantastic. But I chill with a lot of other people too, who we'll get into. But me and BK, we get along so well. We wrestled each other, like I said on the podcast, four times last year. And now just getting to be on shows with him is nice because it's cool to hang out. We both smizz uh, quite a bit. Uh, But also I don't have to get beat up by him if we're on the show and he's uh, fighting someone else, so to say. My opponent this evening had... Fargo at Time Bomb Pro in Fargo, which we wrestle in an old church, which is fantastic. What what denomination? Well, I don't know, but it's a sick building. I don't know what it it's it's just an event space now. Like Fargo has oh, this was it's called the Sanctuary, and it's like wood and and they've got what is it called? What are they called? Uh, not banisters. Uh, Pews? No, they're like they're like the wood things. Trussels maybe? No. Trussel? No, not trussel. What are they're like? We'll figure it out. I took an architecture class one time, and I can't remember basic church architecture. Either way, you're in this church, right? And I had to fight an opponent called Heavy Metal Lore. The opponent's name is Heavy Metal Lore. Okay. Like, he he embodies the lore of all heavy metal, and he's seven feet tall. Holy shit. It's incredible, Peter. And... I actually got to work with him on the second show. Not work with him, but he was on the the second show of the weekend, too. And one thing he did on that show that he didn't do on this show was he came out with a full metal guitar and played the metal guitar on his way to the ring, which is sick. To me, personally, very sick. Now... What did he play? Was it just, like, a bunch of riffs? I wasn't paying attention, Peter. (laughs) There was a lot going on. Uh, Now, (laughs) I have never... This was... Now, I've seen him briefly before, but I've never fought the lore of heavy metal. Heavy metal lore? And let me tell you, dude, I found out I really like the guy personally, and I'm sick of that. I'm actually, if you're going to fight me in the upcoming weeks, if you could just be fucking rude to me so I don't bump harder for some reason for you and try to make shit look even scarier, I'm not going to give you the results of the match. I don't want to spoil anything, and I don't want to talk about it. He said to me later that night after we'd worked out our differences, hey, did you go up even higher when I pulled you up for a powerbomb before you went down? And I said, 
did I? And he said, yeah, when you felt me starting to go, you jumped even higher in the air. So it would look almost like you were giving yourself a last ride powerbomb by Undertaker, which a powerbomb, they would drop me on my spine, right? But a last ride, he would pull them up by their pants and as high as he could and then drop them on their spine. I did it to myself. <laughs> That's how much I like heavy metal lore. That's how much I value and respect the music of heavy metal. I'm willing to go even higher off the ground to slam, to create that rock and roll paradise, brother. I'm willing to go all the way to the top. He choke slammed the fuck out of me. Uh, and if you know anything about choke slams, you know, uh, I have a choice in how much you choke slam me. And I decided he's going to choke slam me all the way to hell, which he certainly did. I had so much fun in Fargo. What's fascinating about Fargo is, there are a lot of people who I only see in Fargo, in Fargo, but then there are a lot of people who make the trek from Minneapolis, from Montana, from South Dakota, from all these places to come to North Dakota. So it's actually like there's this meeting of all these places in Fargo, North Dakota that becomes such a wild, fascinating part of the whole thing. What a journey. What a magical place. Fargo, North Dakota. Now, I got to sleep in. in Far well, not really sleep in. I love Kevin Koo. I think Kevin Koo is awesome. But this week, Kevin Koo, you win the award of, man, fuck that guy. And let me tell you why. You had a sick two out of three falls match with my man, Brian Keith. Me and BK were smizzing in winter. Uh, but we had to wake up super, super early to take you to the airport before we went to Minneapolis, to the home of Prince, to First Avenue, where Prince was filmed with Purple Rain, where he, where he first debuted Let's Go Crazy. It's a magic room, but you made me wake up at 8 a.m. instead of, you know, like a, I, we could have woken up at 3 p.m. and then gone there. Is that healthy? No. Is that a cycle that's hard to get out of? Yeah. Would I have been less tired when I got there? Yeah. Did I need to be less tired? I don't think so, Peter, actually. Maybe I love Kevin Koo. Maybe Kevin Koo reminded me that I need to keep it chill and be a little sleepy when Wrestlepalooza starts. Now, before we get there, though, there was a, a legendary icon that was at the show in Fargo, North Dakota. And I, I don't know if I should tell this joke, but this is one of my favorite AJ moments of all time. And I've shared this with a few people, and they cracked up. Sabu was on the show. I've told a story before on the podcast about Sabu saying, kid, you're a good worker, but you don't got to do all the extra gay stuff. And then Matthew Justice jumping in and sort of defending and selling Effie to someone who he considers an icon. I mean, they have the same manager. Bill Alfonso, the manager of champions, managed Sabu, managed RVD, managed Matt Justice. There's a connection there. Matt Justice has a lot of respect for those guys, but he stood up for me. But Sabu was there again. We were hanging out. You know, Sabu's fun. We talked about a lot of wild stuff. We've been on a few shows together now. When I showed AJ the poster for the show, or he saw it on Instagram, he goes, really? And he holds it up to me. <laughs> And I go, what, what's up, baby? That's the show Thursday in Fargo. And he goes, how are you going to talk shit about Saudi Arabia? And you're on a show with the king of Saudi Arabia. And I said, baby, that is not the king of Saudi Arabia. And he goes, really? Then who is it? And I go, it is Sabu. He's from Michigan. His dad was the sheik, like the original sheik. And he goes, yeah, likely story. You need to watch out who you're working for. And I was like... Okay, um, I'm glad he's looking out. I'm glad he's calling me on my bullshit. But we do have to help him understand 
either the historic figures of wrestling or what the king of Saudi Arabia looks like. And I don't think that's what he looks like. But I will say, good on him for keeping me to my laurels. If you think that I'm not at home, kept to the standard and moral that I profess publicly, you're wrong. Because he pays attention, and he's making sure that I'm not going to end up taking that Saudi check. Is Sabu also a name for meth? I don't want to. I don't want to assume that. I'll tell you this: Google never, Images is they're saying, convincing me as much. <laughs> I wonder if the half two are, the results are just photos of meth here, of actual meth, or someone that looks like they may have done it no, at one point. Like, it's half of it's Sabu the wrestler, the other half is meth. I'm fascinated by this. Um, what? First Avenue. What was I just talking about? We were talking about Sabu. Okay. So. <laughs> Is that story too offensive? Is that? Fuck Saudi Arabia. Honestly, fuck Saudi Arabia. Sabu's cool. He can stay. <laughs> um, th- Sabu did not wrestle. So I want to jump ahead because we're all over the place with this, Peter. Today is chaos. I thought we were out of this retrograde. Let me be certain. We are not. <laughs> There's something still in here. I feel it in the air. I also, I want to, re- can I just tell you my co-star before we get to First Avenue? Yeah. Um, Sorry, everyone. I super underestimated this one. I had no idea it was going to be this bad. I woke up today and I was like, fuck, it's, it doesn't feel any different, does you it? You can do some clear up, clean up on this. It'll sound perfect. They'll be like, what are they talking about? The universe is your playground for growth and change. I feel like this is some days these are me telling stories and some days. Sorry, dude, you're in the therapist chair and we're figuring things out yeah. and I got to get a lot of context yeah. out of my brain. Just let it pass through you sometimes, Peter. Mm-hmm. It can be overwhelming. Don't hold on to this. How are you? You're good. Are you good? Yeah. Whoa. You don't have to be. The sunlight just like burst into the room. Are we going to see that in the camera that. when that happened? Because, yeah. okay, I guess. No, I I thank you everyone for the wonderful birthday wishes. And just like everyone sent me a bunch of stuff. It was wonderful. I had a fantastic birthday. Good, really super. I, it's going to be great. Did you like that little art piece? Oh my God! Yes, yes, I yes, thought yes, you would yes, love yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. AJ was like, "Which one of these?" And I said, like, yeah. "That's the one." Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I just want to make sure. I talked to people this weekend. I think specifically at Russell Palooza, who had said they had done a reading with you, and I don't remember exactly what who it was, but someone had done a reading with you that spoke to me. I speak to a lot of people, Peter. I'm not going to apologize for it anymore. Sometimes I forget what's going mm-hmm. on. All right. Give me twenty dollars. I remember a lot easier. What are you going to do? Uh, Russell Palooza is massive. They pack out First Avenue, the home of Prince, my birthday twin. Yes. Uh, and there is such a magical electricity in the room. Now, I will say this. Everyone got there a lot later than I did. I was at this venue very early. And I got to share a car ride with not only uh, Kevin Koo, but also Connor Hopkins. And uh, who else was in our car? Free Range Kara drove us at one point. Chris Huffman, who does all of the graphics for almost all these huge companies and looks at my face more than anyone between GCW and First and other shows. Uh, there was lots of fun times in the car. My brain is all over the place today. I love this. My, yeah, mine is too. Russell Palooza, the match you've all been waiting for. And they didn't know Allie was going to be there, which is sick. That's like, it's very fun to do a surprise. So first, Warhorse and Dan the Dad come out. 
And you'll get to see this on the life of which I've been filming this thing. I filled up a whole card. They were like, are you going to be able to fill a whole card? And I said, yeah. And then they messaged me last week and they go, if you can't fill a whole card, it's okay. Please make sure you get an intro. And I go, brother, I did the intro first thing and I've already filled four hours of footage. So take a little breath and be mad it's not up for an Emmy because this life of is going to be crazy. I filmed our whole entrance live. I also filmed in Chicago. We'll get to it. And I got to do full Effie intro. Everybody's popping. Then they're like, it's a tag match. And I go, I got a plan. And they're like, huh? And then, boom, full bussy intro. I believe it's been announced. I'm not sure if it's been announced 100% yet. I frankly don't give a shit anymore. In the words of Alley Catch, pay me some fucking money if you want me to keep your secrets. We are the fan-voted Fightful Select Indie Wrestling Tag Team of the Year. I hope that it comes out. And maybe it came out tonight maybe it or maybe last night i don't know ussy is the word of the year by the dialectors you know the dialect collectors let's just be clear i will not act like we are not one of the top tag teams in the world right now and i will not stop screaming from the rooftops that if unless you've faced bussy you can't call yourself the best tag team in the world and i'm so sorry that you've got advertisers and corporate people and uh, legal that won't let you fight a woman, or maybe that's your belief. You can't fight a woman, but I'd be a lot more worried about her than I would about me. I've lost matches. She don't lose. That girl does not lose. Allie Cash does not lose matches because she is smart. She keeps me focused. She's my pansexual viola sister. We know what we're doing. Come face the real deal. And if you're going to have these excuses of why you can't face bussy or why you can't handle bussy, that's fine. Just don't go around calling yourself the goats. Don't go around telling everybody how good you are. We can win. And plus, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they don't want to see just how big Effie is standing next to everybody. People will know what I'm talking about, Peter. They'll know. But uh, there's there's other things you got to fear, like bussy, okay? Let's get into it. We're in this match against Dan the Dad and Warhorse, and one of the reasons Allie Catch is so great is because she knows that when I get a little too horny, that's where we lose. Now it happened almost again, but we turned it around. Allie was about to get whipped in the ass by Dan the Dad with a leather belt. And I jumped in from the ground and said, no, 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 not her. You should do me instead. And I pushed her to the floor unceremoniously. And then I got into position on all fours. I chose that position. And I can't help it. This is one of my weaknesses. It's like Minoru Suzuki said, you can't be good at everything. Sometimes you got to have weaknesses, okay? Well, little did I know they switched the belts out. And instead of the regular leather belt, which is like a nice little sting pop, it was the spiked studded warhorse rock and roll heavy metal belt. Heavy metal plagues me again. That thing whipped across my ass and left a perfect Hot Topic print of spikes and rivets in my booty cheeks, forever immortalized in time. But what happened? We turned that motherfucker around, and we won that match. I had so much fun at Wrestlepalooza. Being in that building, it like gives me there's something. It gives me something inside of me that just makes me feel real and wild and and raw and sexy. And it's Prince, and he's there, and he's throughout every part of that building. Now, you will see on the Life of footage, there's a lot of footage of a ring being built. I did not build that ring. Please don't ever expect Effie to build your ring. I've done it enough, and I, my part, instead of building the ring, I sell tickets. That's where I come in. 
So we got to have someone to build the ring. We got to have someone to sell tickets. Can't do both. You're building the metaphorical ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm building the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can build the ring inside of the house. I'm building the house. Now, <laughs> I wasn't done. We did another car ride. So, so far, I flew in, big celebrity style, flew in, and then I drove from Fargo, North Dakota to Minneapolis, Minnesota, about five hours, and then I said, well, how far is it to Chicago? And they said, oh, it should only be six hours, and I said, awesome, but you know what? What a car ride we had. I'll tell you this, Peter. You know what I've noticed? These past two, three months, I haven't been, uh, and it was partially because I lost my voice, and I was protecting my energies. But also, I just didn't feel like talking as much. So I wasn't talking as much. I was letting other people talk. I've noticed I'm back to liking talking. And I found myself being referential of a lot of old moments that I'd kind of forgotten about in myself. What's fascinating is like the most overwhelming part for me to put anything down to paper is that once I start remembering things, I'll be like, there's no way somebody's going to buy a 7,000-page book of all these moments. But they all seem pretty in tune to me. But I felt myself joyously kind of reliving and telling these stories in the car amongst friends and amongst people who hadn't heard these sort of tales before or heard things about what I've pulled off before. And it was, uh, it was a nice little moment. I think it was probably a part of that retrograde. But we found ourselves in Chicago, and I found myself in the worst position a wrestler can find themselves in, which is a, tri- a triple threat match. <laughs> Let me tell you how much fun triple threat matches are. They're fucking terrible. Let me how- tell you how easy it is for a triple threat match to be bad. It is so easy. All right. You want to hear the Georgia style calling of a triple threat match? All right, baby. We're going to all, all three get in the ring. I'm going to be the bad one. When we's about to lock up, I'm going to kick one of y'all and toss you out to the floor. Then you're going to get on me a little bit. I'm going to turn it around and get up. Then I'm going to toss you out. Another boy's going to sneak in. He's going to try. And you're going to get up there a little bit. Then maybe y'all going to come up. Maybe y'all think you're going to fight each other. But then I can take back over. And I think I'm going to double team y'all. And then, nope, y'all double team me. And we all hang out for a minute. Then we're going to trade strikes. We're going to get a waterfall of them falsies in. And then we're going to hit the finish. I'm going over. You know when it's a finish, I'm going to tell you because I toss the other board to the floor. You've got to put in a lot of thought to make a triple threat match not bullshit. I have also found if I put on that voice, I can call any match at any length. Uh, and maybe there's some magic Jay Briscoe in there. But I've never watched anyone walk up to Jay Briscoe and say a ridiculous wrestling like combo. Like, here's this co- crazy combo. Here's this crazy floor thing. Here's this weird thing you've never heard before that we're going to teach you how to take before you've gone in the ring. The Briscoes are so good that they would just go, okay, baby, sound good to me. You want to put that here or you want to do it down here? I want to never be thrown off by wrestling, but also, you know, I set, I set a certain boundary for myself too. Maybe we're getting rid of the boundary. Maybe we're just going to go crazy. I'm going to start calling my matches in a Southern voice and refer to my true self. People always say like, what's your real voice? I don't really know. And I don't think I have to pick one. This one's the easiest to just like let out in public. But baby, if I start going into that Southern, I was thinking about how many different Southern voices you could do. There's a lot of different types of Southern voices. You can have them from all over the place. This one might be the most authentic. This one might be right here. I don't know. We're going to find out. I'm going to start putting things together like this, baby. It's going to sound a little weird when I pitch it to you, but trust me, when we get out there, people are going to go ape shit for this motherfucking spot. Sounds dumb. I know. It ain't sound normal like what you usually do, but listen, baby. You start setting up that, you set up that falsy, and when you about to go get me, and I do that pull, boy, they're going to rip. Just stand there. You move right then, just stand there. They won't see you react to it. Just stand there and take that thing. Trust me, baby. You think, you think it's the first time I've been in that ring? They're going to go nuts. And then they pull you aside after they go, they went nuts. I'm doing it. 
we're going to Chicago. We're doing a triple threat. We're already there. Are we already in Chicago? I don't know, Peter. I don't know. What is going on? What is happening? It's because I was in the car too long, yo. Now, also, big flip of the script. Freelance, always on a Friday. Freelance underground on a Saturday, but freelance always on a Friday. Nope, it was on Saturday this time. Saturday freelance, triple threat match. Did I lose? No, but I didn't win, but I wasn't uh, in the end. Wait, you were at Prince's on Friday the 13th? Yes. Weird. I know. Weird. It was such good energy. It was your birthday. It was. Holy moly. It was, yeah. I remember walking back through the curtain. I got burgers with AJ and Will. Did you? Yes. That's so cute. Yes. Farm burger, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, we roped AJ into it. He's he's he likes to be roped into a social mm-hmm. situation. He doesn't like one sprung on him, but he likes to kind of like come on. Oh, we easy. we you sprung, sprung it. We sprung. He went on for him it. And he adapted. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I, he texted me a second ago, all fired up about something. Not about me, like not mad at anything, but it gets me it gets me excited when he's excited. Mm-hmm. It's one of my most exciting things. Kickball. So the first day reveal first day of birthday is little reflecting pool for the year to come. And so I do believe I will be hanging out with AJ quite a bit. You will be hanging out with AJ quite a bit on your new kickball team. Mm -hmm. Now I wish I could. And Will was there too. Will, AJ, Peter having their own friendship. Is this where the tides turn? And if we accidentally break up that you guys just take AJ and I have to go live in the woods. I yeah, probably. Oh, I could handle it. I don't like wearing clothes as it is, so I don't know. I'm trying to go I've get had, the woods. I, you know this. I've had a long master plan to become friends with the AJ. <laughs> over it time. takes work. He's a delicate flower. I love him. Uh, he is very competitive. So good luck. I believe it. Uh, on the kickball team, he what he doesn't realize is that I am secretly competitive with everyone and everything, but mostly myself. Oh yeah. Well, and he's gonna uplift your competitiveness. When that, there will be an interesting moment where we both go, "Oh shit, okay, <laughs> we gotta win this fucking yeah. game." Will said, "Well, I had fun though." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a he- good time. <laughs> He okay. Just because I I want to see one, I want to see if he still listens to the podcast or not. Yeah. But two, he had the most insane take on the menu. Oh really? And Momus made him quit movies. Really? Yes. Just because he felt that there was struggle from the people internally in the movie industry, and that this was a metaphor of that. Um, more so that he felt like he was being lied to the fact that it was a thirty million dollar Eat the Rich movie. He thought he would wait. Okay. Hold on. Can you, can you get into this a little more? So because there was so much money going into it, right? He feels that it's disingenuous. Okay. So they spent millions of dollars to make a movie about eating the rich to make millions of dollars. And that, I mean, it kind of does negate the point. Yeah. But you know, but it's also like, (laughs) it's 2023 and it's a $30 million movie in, an era of $300 million Marvel movies. Look, if they want to spend the money, if these rich people want to spend the money making this movie and and getting richer, I don't know what it's going to take, but whatever finally sets people off to get into the next phase, are we not supposed to talk about the next phase where I have to be like a Mad Max man on the run? This is, this is about people hoarding wealth. Okay. Yeah. Let me just be clear. There's like only, there's only like 400,000 cops in all of America. I'm not saying robbery is cool. I'm just saying you should probably check the obituaries for these older 
you know, people that go because they're greedy children. They don't, they were never nice to their parents. I'm not saying rob old people's houses before the estate sale, but I'm saying like, we're going to, we got to figure out some way to redistribute this wealth. Maybe there's a legal way around, a, a workaround. Can so we get say. back into grave robbing? That would be so cool. Grave robbing's great because you're dead. Like, y'all don't need rings when you're dead. And I'm not scared of skeletons. I went to New Orleans one time, post-Katrina, and I was like, oh, we're going to the graveyards. Turns out they don't repair graves there, and they're above ground. So they sort of just like, if skeletons are visible, there they are. <laughs> Can we pivot real quick and Easily. talk about some motherfucking skeletons? Please. Okay. So this weird little tangent comes a la uh, Rick, who is responsible for something else happening on our Patreon that yes. we'll talk about later on this episode. Thank you so much, Rick. Your participation is uh, much, much uh, appreciated. Okay, so he, are you familiar with the poltergeist curse? From the house yeah. where it got the crew or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he actually knows someone who was affected by that curse. Whoa. Uh, so I'm going to pull up this article. All the names are changed and everything. Okay. That's fair. Um, cause it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I love that color, by the way, your the, nails. Oh, thank you. It's incredible. What is it? Periwinkle? Um, I'm not. Someone from this was a gift from like a regular at the vape shop. They gotta give it a name. Oh, they did on the bottom. Wave Rider. Oh, that's perfect. I believe it. I believe this brings them in. Your wave rider brings all the people to the nails, and they're like, Can you read my charts? Damn right, I can read your charts. But I have to charge. <laughs> Good luck editing this episode, Peter. Have fun. What a time. I put too much on you on this one. We're just going to release the raw form with anything in between. Fargo, Minneapolis, Chicago. That's where I went, okay? There's a lot that happened in my brain in between, and it's going to come out when it comes out. I think... I think... I think we're slowly, we're talking more. What do you mean? Oh, God. <laughs> what do you oh, mean? my brain. Like about my anything? Brain. We're just rambling through things? We're not we're stuck to the I narrative? I think we're slowly, I think this feels different than it normally has. I think we're getting, I think the, this, <laughs> God damn it. This is what I've been calling that the airplane ride that we're all on right now is just turbulent as fuck. <laughs> And uh, we have to get used. I I literally am having such a hard time communicating what I'm thinking. And it's also because I'm not sure what I'm thinking. It's okay. okay. The doll from the Cabbage Patch doll. Poltergeist. Yes. yes. So one the, <laughs> my point, one of our listeners knows the person who owns the doll. And that's a cursed doll. That's a cursed as fuck It was doll. in the place. Um, the the spirits of indigenous people deserve to tear you all the way up. So, okay. This, so this is their record. Okay. The doll arrived on 30th of October. We were in awe. Halloween day, we left for our anniversary trip to Reno. So it, this is a couple. Um, they, they purchased this doll on purpose. On purpose. 
At a high price, I'm imagining. Yes. <laughs> Oof. While in Reno, we got a call that my wife's stepbrother had been in a terrible accident while playing soccer. He ended up with a ruptured spleen and broken ribs. That's like soccer really gone wrong. We used to play extreme soccer back in the day where you can tackle each other just because we were shithead kids. Uh-huh. Sounds extreme. It sounds like the extreme soccer. We just wanted to fight. I was in middle school with a kid who was riding his BMX bike down a hill, but there was a cemetery, Ooh. and he hit a gravestone and uh, ripped his stomach open. And he was fine. They had to like sew him back together and everything, but it was like, yeesh. I walked to the gym yesterday, and there's an ancient graveyard that I had never seen before right what? on the way to the gym. Where? On on Piedmont, walking up towards Ansley. Where is there a graveyard? I'll show you. It's a little family graveyard, and it has old graves in it, and I'd never seen it before, and I've walked Weird. to that gym many times. Where did this graveyard come from, Peter? I don't it's a little you, ancient okay. fence graves. Real, this is all over the place, but do you ever find things have shifted and then they shift back? Yeah, but I feel like we're not supposed to talk about it. Or are, do we, are we, is that okay? I don't okay? think we're supposed to talk. I, I think it's fine if we talk. We have to talk I about it. I think we have to talk happens, about it. doesn't it? I don't think that graveyard was there. Okay. Anyone else does this happen to? Do you notice um, that they cause it always Can we get examples? You notice you notice it and then it goes back to the way it was. Yeah. We're just shifted perspective. I don't know. I don't We're know. gonna get a knock on the door here in a second with the the men in black <sighs> memory wipe. Please, please don't wipe my memory. Actually, at this point, I I, I wanna reset. You wanna do a reset? <laughs> yeah, I wanna oh, do a reset. No. Can we start over? What if you reset, but all you remember is like uh, the animated movies you've seen? That's the only memories you have of anything. Would that a lot be of Five goes west. Oh, I have to say this real quick. Uh, thank you for all the support. Thank you for the love. Uh, it doesn't seem like Netflix is moving forward at all on Dead in Paranormal Park. I don't think that means it's dead completely. The third book is still coming out. Knowing the way these things go, who knows what it could lead to? Who knows what it'll find? I feel like uh, animation needs to find kind of a new space anyway, since we're being pushed out by the larger corporations. But it's no harm, no foul. I am going to put out a video soon and put a little more effort into it because, you know, I'm, a, I'm one of the greatest voice actors of our time, much better than Chris Pratt. And I'm getting an agent. I'm sick of this. If you're listening and you know somebody, tell me. I'll take nepotism. I'm into nepotism. Did you notice that like there was a Nepo baby? We were like all mad at Nepo babies, and then they took Robbie Knievel and Lisa Marie Presley. Not yeah. It was just like too sacrificial yeah. for me. I don't like that. Yeah. It's a Nepo baby fireback. Robbie Knievel was nuts. I truly have we ever we've talked about Evil Knievel on this podcast before. I think we think probably we have. long, long ago. We'll get back into it one day. Yeah, he's there's he's not a good person, but he's a good example of a perfect professional wrestler. Yeah, we'll we'll leave it at Amazing. that. Amazing. Uh, I I went to all these places, Peter. My energy is chaos right now. I have to leave tomorrow. You know my schedule this weekend. Like I said earlier, is North Carolina to Montreal to Huntsville with Atlanta in between all of those for some reason. I don't know. I'm going to go win the IWS Heavyweight Championship this weekend. Uh, the venue, I'm very fascinated by this, is called Ben Matthew, which is Matthew Bath, or like Matthew Bath Hall. And you wrestle apparently inside a giant pool. What? I'm wrestling in a championship match inside a giant empty pool in Montreal this weekend, Saturday night. And I'm going to get so much footage on this card. 
We're just going to fill it up and and we're going to see all the weirdness in this world. It was pointed out that the Peter interview was less of a Peter interview and more of a Effie talking. Was it? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Listen, let me just say this. I can't. I'm not interviewing people. I'm not, I'm not. That's not. I can't Barbara Walters. I can't do it. Well, listen, Peter still talks in there. And he, de- you definitely said more than two sentences on this show. Maybe this not more true. than four, but yeah, I'm sorry. You, you, Am I overwhelming? You are talking. You are more steady talking compared to previously during the retrograde if we're marking all of this. But I also like... I think some people understand this. I, there's no filter between my thoughts and my mouth. Yeah. So if I'm speaking, it's just what's coming out. Yeah. It is. I don't even. It's not influenced by like stream of conscious. This I, is my stream of conscious. I experienced that Friday and it was really nice and I enjoyed it. But since I got past my birthday and it's been in because my planet for the year is now Mercury and it switched over like with the last week of the retrograde. So the day of my birthday, I was like, oh, shit, this is how I'm going to be all year. And then after that, I've just been like drained and down. And it's because I'm tied to where Mercury is at. Mm. And it's slow right now. And I feel very slow. That's okay. Just take in the slowness. Mm-hmm. That's a, one of the Pokemon was called Slowpoke. And he seemed like a pretty cool guy. He seemed like a chill dude. But then his like the upgrade of Slowpoke was a clam bit him. And so now he has a clam tail. And I like that too, that like some of these Pokemon change dramatically and some of them, they're like, nah, he's not doing more than that. Just go with the clam on his tail as a variant here. I think I'm like a seven generation evolving Pokemon. I love that. Like there's a ton of evolutions to the Peter Pokemon. Yeah. Petermon. Yeah. Petermon. Petermon. Uh, there's a lot of Affies. There's a lot of Peters. We got a lot of us. We do. We come at you authentically weekend at effies.com is our presenting sponsor this this uh week and that'll take you to the patreon thank you to all of those of you who have jumped on and supported us so far we are shifting the tiers a little bit coming up which i think is going to be good we will be making our official announcement next week for the start of patreon 2.0 which will be in february i love that i'm learning this as you are folks so (laughs) this is good uh, having a little bit of a plan is not a bad thing, folks. Uh, why do you think Jesus hired 12 guys? <laughs> just There's a lot to keep up with, a lot of paperwork. Uh, I was thinking the other day, I can only name like eight of them. There were more. Do it. Name Matthew, all, Mark, Luke, John, Peter, Judas, uh, Thomas. Was there a Greg? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there was a Greg. Uh, I think that was seven. Was that eight? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Thomas, Judas. There's got to be a Greg. Do you have these pulled up? Do we pull these up? Who are the 12 disciples? Because it feels like a couple of them were ignored. Not that any of this matters or has to Okay. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Judas Iscariot, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of a Cephas. Bartholomew, so there were two Judas Thaddeus. There were two Judases as well. And what? Simon Zelotos. Hey guys, Simon Zelotos here. I'm one of uh well, I'm one of the twelve. I look a little different. I've been working at a Kia auto sales. Uh I'm hoping you'll keep me in with the group. I wrote a lot of good stuff down though, Jesus. You think it'll make the final book? <laughs>
Simon Zelotos does sound like a fucking car salesman. That's really funny. Good for you, Jesus. I only knew about a couple of them. Um, so on Patreon this week, we are doing our first movie-sode, where we are all going to be watching a movie together. We're all watching Streets of Fire. Yes. And uh, then we're going to talk about it on... It's incredible. I This is going to be super-duper fun, and this is a preview of a little something that we will be doing on the Patreon coming up. Um, let's do questions and that I think we're done. I don't know, Peter. This episode's been ridiculous. And that's good. You're here with us. You can find every moment here. You know what Effie is? I've been asking people, what is Effie? You know what Effie is? Uh, whatever I wake up as, cause a, uh, some brains is a good brain. Some brains, it's not a good brain. Gotta have both. <laughs> Gotta have neither. That's how I feel. Oh, yeah, I saw that beautiful picture. The water. James Cameron on the set of Titanic. Sinking in. James Cameron does what James Cameron has to. I'm glad we still have Peter. <laughs> I'm glad we still have Peter. Yeah, I'm too. very glad we still have Peter. Happy birthday, Peter. I'm glad we still have questions coming in that people find stuff. We got a comment on our anchor page <coughs> of someone saying they were so excited to meet me on Friday. If you leave comments, if you review this podcast, it helps us get in front of more it people does. we i promise this is this episode is not indicative of it but i promise that there are structural changes that will make things oh, better, better and more enjoyable this um, may be enjoyable though i th- no i it's chaos reigns yeah i'm not doing a very good job of communicating at the moment so let's do questions you're and fine ignore all the things that i'm sure i forgot hello little quesadilla I love how they're really going with this narrative that Megan is a queer icon in that we can't do better than like a robot child. I don't Megan is not my queer icon. I mean, the last horror queer icon they came out, came out with was psycho Gorman, which is also just like, that's the best you can do a demon from hell. I mean, honestly, yeah, that is, it's actually the best you can do. Hey, also one thing I'm going to be uploading to Patreon is my, uh, movie list of what I've watched. So you can get that movie list here. I'm going to read it off in the mini. So, but I'm not going to tell you, but I've actually, I've been watching a lot of fucking movies, Peter. Hell yeah. And, I always used to think when Doug Benson was doing the one movie a day, like 365 movies a year, I was like, that's just excessive. And now I'm thinking it might be over that from last year. So I want to keep track and actually know. Oh, oh are we? So Okay, so you're using the Patreon I'm, as your personal letterbox. Well, I'm keeping the list and I'm sharing the okay. list. Okay, letterbox doesn't work for me. I wish it did, but it is... The UI is so frustrating in that it starts out and it really is like, it's going to be this easy. And then it's like, I got to search through and click three things before I can even leave a review. Fuck off. Fuck off, Letterboxd. Fix your fucking shit. Love you. I hope you all use Letterboxd and love it. I'm using lists from my phone to show the movies. It's... I. I'm trying to figure out like where my I will be switching up some social media stuff in the next little bit, um, just having a little bit more purpose to everything. Um, 
if anyone has any suggestions for like other social medias that are more conducive, because I'm, uh, have you noticed that Twitter is just like not telling us anything anymore? Yeah, at Twitter, all Twitter won't tell you anything. <laughs> so fun. I Mastodon's not cute. I tried one other one, not cute. What is this one? Do we all need Substacks? Is that what oh, this is headed towards? <laughs> God, just take just take the joy out of everything and join my fucking Substack. Just make me sad. Oh no. Um. Okay, let's do questions. All right, sick. Uh, this is from Eric. Peter and Effie, who is your favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle as a kid, and would you change your answer as an adult? Guys, I'm gonna just say this. I don't know which one's which. I know. I know they're all. They all got names, but to me, they're all just X Men. Okay. What is <laughs> they're it? all just X Men. The mute. You're telling me the mutant turtles are not X Men? Oh uh, no, no. Are they right. in the same? I don't know. I feel like if. If Professor X ran into no, them, if they weren't just like sewaging, now. he would have been like, oh, no, yeah, definitely. You guys are mutant wow, you X-Men. you made me feel very wrong very quickly. So we got Michelangelo, Angelo, <laughs> Raphael, Leonardo. Who's the last one? Donatello. Donatello. Donatello was high as fuck, right? I think so. Michelangelo was kind of in charge, right? Or was Raphael on weed? So this was banned in my house. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. was the portion of them that was banned? Like what? Because made it they, it was against this, God, God to become this, a turtle. This sounds so stupid. <laughs> Ready? Um, it's all about powers. Oh, I wasn't allowed to watch Captain Planet. Oh, okay. Because it said the powers in you, and yeah, you better, you better yeah, not get confused. Yeah, it's okay. Not in same you. thing. Same yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. Come on, dude. That was why missionary kid, preacher kid. That's why Harry Potter was allowed, is because uh, my mom read the book and couldn't find out where they were saying Harry Potter gets his power from. Well, Jesus, <laughs> didn't they? No, in the eighth book they reveal it's transphobia. Oh my god. <laughs> I love how. Uh, who who was it? They. Some rich fucking asshole rich person was like, I believe in trans rights, but I can also, you know, people can have differing opinions. Let me just be clear. When a billionaire has a differing, differing opinion from what is reality and what is correct and what protects human beings, uh, they have the power to lobby large-scale violence and hatred against those people. So, no, it's not the same fucking thing to have a differing opinion to not wish these people existed, you pieces of shit. Your opinion starts to like matter a little bit more when you live in a fucking castle. Yeah. You got a billion dollars, dummy? God, dude. You know what I'm doing when I have a billion dollars? Not talking to the press anymore, dude. No. You kidding me? But it's because they're just narcissists who like even having a billion dollars won't suppress their narcissistic behavior. Ugh. Ugly in and out. What are you going to do? I'm going to I'm going to go back in time and instead of killing Hitler, I'm going to get rid of napkins so that way she can never write the first chapters of Harry Potter on a napkin. What if we just cut her hands off as a child? <laughs> that would be cool too. If I go back in time, I'm not like killing them. I'm just like this is going to be way harder for you to pull off now, motherfucker. <laughs> Bring uh... it. Uh so yeah, but my favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle is Donatello. <laughs> I does still he have can't a stick? figure out who is who. Or does Raphael have a stick? I'm having such a hard time navigating. Okay, there we go. The blue guy is Leonardo with katana blades. Okay. The red guy is Raphael uh, with... A, 
little S- forks. Yeah, the little had forks. forks. This says S A I S size. Is that how you say that? I don't. There's the twin size. Uh, and then nunchucks, but this says Kusumagara, which I guess that's Michelangelo. Let me and, tell you how the word nunchucks came around. God. They were like, "It's a Kusumataro," and they were like, "Ah, oh, like, we're gonna call them nunchucks." <laughs> yeah, Donatello had the stick. Yeah. I like a man with a big stick. I don't always know what to do with it, but I think, Which yeah, I picked... apparently called a Nagita. He calls it also a bow staff. Oh, I know it's called a Nagita because there's a League episode. Oh. The League? They have a Nagita? Yeah. Some of the times they show his uh, Nagita bow staff, it has, like, a grip, and some of the times it doesn't. Okay? So... Pick out your favorite turtle. What about the rat, though? That guy was pretty sick. I like the rat. He seemed like he was more into de-escalation of violence. He was very zen. He didn't want to meet in all that fucking pizza, though. It's got a stink down there, right? In the sewer? Like, they're just constantly living. Can turtles smell? I don't know. They got those little Voldemort slits. Does turtle smell? Oh, I didn't. It says Donatello. Does turtle smell? Oh, my favorite one would have been Donatello because of the purple. Did we pick the same one? I love that. Okay. Oh, did we? I'm, no, I'm I in. I'm paying in. attention. I'm, in. I'm fully in. One of them was like aggressive, though. Yeah, one of them was kind of a dick. Was that Leonardo or was it Michelangelo? Maybe. Or was it Raphael? Um, or was it... <laughs> There's so many turtles. When are they going to add a fifth turtle? I feel like we've had a lot of iterations. The the best gr- the um every group should have five. That way you have all elements represented. Uh, what are the five? Of uh, fire, wind, air, earth, spirit. Oh, spirit! I was spirit, leaving out. Yeah. Okay, that's because that's there. a that's the pentagram. Oh, okay. Yeah, pentagrams aren't actually creepy. It's just elements. I like that when the pentagram's upside down when it looks like a goat. Yeah, I think that's cool. fascinating. But that's all that is is um so the idea when like when you have it the other way around it's like the um ascension of god into matter but when you do it the other way around it's matter up into god which is why like the devil is actually the good guy is because the devil wants you to have stuff where god doesn't want you to have anything. Yeah, dude, for owning, if you own heaven and you tell me I need to be pious, like we got a, like a little concern. This is yeah. real Warren Buffett behavior. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. You know what's bullshit? What? I share a bunch of placements with Warren Buffett and he's really rich. Well, he needs to placement that money in my hand, Warren Buffett. I know. Um, that question got so off topic. Thank <laughs> God. Okay, let's, let's get, okay. You have to ask me this one. Okay, it's I from Julie. <clears throat> oh, this is good. <clears throat> from Julie on our Patreon. Peter, why were you in jail? Okay. So I used to be a real piece of shit. <laughs> it's the easy it's the easy workaround. Um uh, so, okay. 
uh, in my early 20s, um, got out of photo school, realized that things were not, it wasn't like as advertised because it's just really funny because it was advertising school and they lied. And it's just like, there you go. You didn't even advertise <laughs> no. this right. Um, and the awesome thing, not awesome thing about uh, where I was at is I could work like a week and like have all my bills <laughs> generally covered. So I just fell into like two years of let's work bare minimum and then we'll just get stoned the rest of everything. And it was like super, super depression. Um, it's funny now because I can look back at my chart and I go, yeah, yeah, yeah I know exactly what was going on. You're in, the, this, you're in the, I was in deep hibernation. Exactly. Spiritually. Um, and so as ever, as, Folks know uh, if you've ever had depression, you just kind of like let stuff go over time. And so like hygiene becomes one of those things, but then also does like car insurance and that kind of shit. But then oh, you're, you no. know, still rolling around uh, buying illegal substances in your car that is not government approved. It gets, so you're a sitting target here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was only like a matter of time, and it was like one of the best things that ever happened to me. It was so incredible. they pulled you for the for the insurance, mm -hmm. and, and then found the that weed. you had weed, mm -hmm. and you had to go do a little. Was it hard doing time? It. It was a pain in the ass. Yeah. The thing that was not fun about it is I didn't get arrested once. I got arrested three times that year. Come from, on, Peter. From like the first, like, but from the first initial thing. Um, so the first one, so when I got arrested the first time, I was like, okay, shit. Got to stop hanging out with the people I'm hanging out with. Got to change everything around. Unfortunately, it was like living with everyone. So it became this really uncomfortable situation where like, I knew that I needed to get away from the people I was with, but I was also where I was living. So there was like right. weird split. You're kind of stuck there. Um, and so I got my shit together really quickly. It was like, okay, I have to like grow the fuck up super duper fast. It was honestly one of the best things for me. Um, it's like a finishing school, but it's jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? So in astrology, the the every year on your birthday you switch into a new year. Like we were talking about the Christ year before, it's the year where how you are viewed in the world changes. Um, it's also when you're like the most seen. Like I took a great uh, self portrait of myself because I was like, we're being seen this year. We have yeah. to present. Um, let's go. Well, when I switched into that year on my birthday, I went into a 12th house year, which is like isolation. It's being pulled away from the rest of the world. Oftentimes when you, um, the year that you're pregnant for those nine months is one of those years because it's like a pulling away from the rest of the world to like go hibernate in and do something. But it's also like jail time and exile and that sort of thing. Oh boy. But then when you start the next year, it's a refresh on who the person was and because you're heading into a first one after that. And so for me, it was like the opportunity to just like scrape a bunch of shit off and like become better. But uh, because of the way that they have the legal system set up, they're like trying to keep you in as much as possible. And so they, they took their sensitivity of their drug tests all the way up. So I passed a um, like drug screening for like a psychologist. Two days later, I took the county, like the probation drug test, 
and I failed that one. Oh no. So they put you back? So they put me back for two weeks. Oh. Um, and then I got arrested again like six months later because some paperwork wasn't filled out properly. But the funny thing about that Were one Were you filling out the paperwork? Uh no, part of that so part of that was when I was in jail for the two weeks and then they had to fill out other paperwork to get me out. Some of that got fucked up. So it was someone else. So it like extended in the next year and everything. But the really funny thing was is that I had a home corporate Home Depot job that I had to go to Cancun for the day before I got arrested. Like I got arrested the day before, got bailed out, and then hopped on a plane and went to Mexico. <laughs> Uh, I think they, I think they call that fleeing, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, yep. posted bail and went to Mexico. Mm-hmm. That is, I like finding out that my friends where are uh, kind Co- of Cobra Starship played the corporate Home Depot show. What? Mm-hmm. I got this tattoo before I went to a Cobra Starship concert. <laughs> oh my god! Have you ever seen that? It says party. <laughs> So, How long have you had that for? Since I was 19, yep. so 13, 14 you know the years. the biggest lie? <laughs> lip tattoos don't last. They last. They yeah. last forever. Yes, what a rib. Uh, also, one... Oh, I can't tell that story in the air. Good. I hope you figured it out, Gabe. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's my jail story. It was one of the best, worst things that ever happened to me. Well, look at, look at you now. Mm-hmm. How do you like me now? Now that I went to jail. It was you so you know that thing that you've noticed it when people just start walking up to me and telling me everything about their life. Yeah, yes. Yes. Um so We've I, had this conversation where we just go, you're there's some something's pulling them in, Peter. I, that's what jail was like too. Like oh. I had all the like crazy methed out, like tattooed they were like this is the guy we need to talk to they're like this is that like not only are we protecting him like we must learn from him as well like it was bizarre and watching lots of castle (laughs) is that just what was on tv that's just what was on tv they were like you guys are gonna watch castle have fun wait is he a castle it's his name he's a castler what are you gonna do okay this ties into what we were talking about earlier i don't know what Lucy. Uh Lucy, what'd you do? Be a good girl. Be be good girl for me. Okay. This is from our friends at Movie John. We were just discussing what level of potential fame is required for someone to be a Nepo baby. Mostly this was a discussion about Crispin, Crispin Glover, his dad, character actor Bruce Glover, and mom, actor slash dancer Betty Glover. Care to weigh in? It's from Rosalie and Ben. Yes. Okay. I think the – I don't think all Nepo babies are Nepo babies. I think the key is in the kind of art they do and how they kind of got there, right? Like I think you can have big parents and you can still be a, a valued artist. It's more if they stay – on the path of safety. You know what I mean? Where like, hey, you know, my dad's a famous movie star. If I just chill and take these roles and do this thing. But when I think of Crispin Glover, I go, no, 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 no. That brand of art and acting is so strange that even if there was some connection to character actor Bruce Glover, that's not why he was getting hired. You know, when you can look at it and go like, hey, that role could have been played by literally anyone else, but you put that guy in it or that girl in it. 
uh, just because, you know, we got to do a favor for Don Johnson or whatever it may be. That's sort of, uh, that's where you're like, it seems like you're just, it's the protecting the legacy thing that we're going back to from the beginning, which is the legacy is paying you and you have to continue the legacy, but you don't want to upset the legacy or do anything that sort of is uh, reaching or risky enough to risk the connection to them. You know, it, uh, have you listened to the Zemeckis blank check series yet? Okay, you are going to die when you... I strongly recommend listening because it'll help you track when Tom Hanks stopped being a real person, too. Yeah, I'm figuring it out. It's We're going to nail it down. I um, believe it. But they, I believe it's the Back to the Future 3 episode. They're, the guy that they have on talks about interviewing Crispin Glover for one of his movies, <laughs> as in like the self-financed ones. Yeah. And it is, I don't want to ruin the story because it's so funny. The pile of shit that he steps in while trying to interview, like already kind of a difficult (laughs) human being. An interesting person. Yes. Good for him. But he, Crispin Glover is most assuredly his own artist and own person. Like, yeah, he is just doing his own thing. The sort of, I just don't like the sort of kayfabe of it where we still sort of sell the idea of, you know, anyone who is good enough at the art based on merit can earn these positions. And so the kind of let's cover up that we're Nepo babies, like the secret Nepo babies bothers me more because it just perpetuates that regular man idea where, you know, like, Oh, well I, you know, I did really well in college and I tried hard and I worked my best. No, like probably, probably Tom Hanks son is going to take that role over you. Even if you do great, you read great yeah. for it. And I don't like perpetuating that forward. And I hope as we move forward, like, uh, the sort of the working man's actor, the the middle class actor, the so to say, of like seeing a regular person who works hard at acting who just acts can come back. But I don't know. It's going to take a preference change in people, and maybe this is sort of the start of it. I th- I don't think there should be a problem if someone is related to you and famous and has power. But if the if the method of getting there is still the same, like we measured everybody, you were just fucking sick. Yeah, I. I um, I like it better when I think they stick to the same like it's almost like the the tradition of like passing a craft down. Yeah, like I uh, want to go into the biz. Like I like that uh Errol Morris's son is Hamilton Morris who is like a serious psychedelic documentarian. Like he's cut his own path. It's like, yeah, it's, you got to cut doing, your own path. He's doing the same thing that is he's still oh. a journalist like his dad but he's doing his own version of it which i mean like you can watch hours and hours of this man take drugs in the middle of fucking nowhere like he's putting the work in he's putting the. <laughs> i like the all i can think about with nepa babies and with everything is feudalism never died we just dressed it up really nice yeah we're still in the feudal system we are all still serfs and peasants you know i'm i think of it this way you know like i'm in a wonderful position where i get to do my art all over the world uh Will I ever reach everyone? No. Will the people who enjoy my shit enjoy it? Absolutely. Love that. But I'm not expecting to take Chris Pratt's job anywhere. You know? Even if I do a better Mario, they're probably going to pay him. Probably. I don't know. Jesus. He was carrying his cross up the hill. Just like my dad used to do. Son of Jesus. Um, Okay. Our last question is more... Wait, he's married to... A Schwarzenegger? Now he is. He was married to Anna Ferris, and then he married a Schwarzenegger. So he just doubled down on the Republican thing? Uh, deeply. 
deeply. Oh God. Okay. Let's not. It's darkness. Let's leave, let's leave him there. Okay. Um, uh, another one from Julie. Are we getting Patreon specific merch at any time soonish? Does it exist? And I missed it. Uh, not Patreon specific. Only the podcast specific. So we'll we'll think of something. I haven't been uh, on my fastest brain recently, but I'm a little more back in the motivation now. So we'll see if we can come up with something. I also, you know, like there is a certain hesitation too of like, you're the people spending the most money if you're supporting us on the Patreon, if you're helping out there. So I, I don't often want to be like, and here's a special way for only you to spend more money. But if, you know, if that's valuable, then maybe we do it. I am going to put up some new shit, uh, just regular FE shit in a second. That's pretty lit. <sighs> I think we're there. Any closing thoughts? Dismantle feudalism. 